Hello to everybody out there. My name is Adam Rousseau, and I'm the host of the Disqualified Podcast. Today we'll be looking at the birth narrative in Matthew's Gospel. Hope you enjoy it. This is from Matthew chapter 1, 18-25. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This story is well known to many people, even those with very little connection to a local church. Together with Luke's account, Charlie Brown, anyone? Matthew's birth narrative takes center stage every December as Christians celebrate the birth of their Savior. But there is so much more than a cute baby lying in a manger. The Christmas story is kind of messy. The story begins with a spotlight on two major characters, Mary and Joseph. We know from history that Mary was likely a young teenager. She was engaged to be married to a much older man, Joseph, who could take responsibility for providing for Mary from her father. Mary was likely no older than 15 and possibly younger when she found herself pregnant. Culture has changed a lot over the past 2,000 years, but an unwed teenage mother has always had to bear some stigma. Mary could have lost everything. Without a husband, she had no means to provide for herself and her son. She would have had to do the kind of work that no one should ever have to do, debase her body for the pleasure of other men. Her fiancé could have had her shamed and punished for cheating on him. Everyone would think she was easy. Her reputation and livelihood were on the verge of destruction. The Bible claims that she became pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible was written a long time ago, but people weren't stupid. Most men back then would have had the same response as men today upon hearing that their virgin fiancé was pregnant. So God had to give him a little bit of help. Joseph, at least, decided that he would not have Mary punished for her her supposed indiscretion. He decided that he would simply divorce her and let someone else deal with the girl whom God impregnated. But an angel shows up. I think it would take an angel for someone to believe something like virgins giving birth. The angel shows up and confirms that the Holy Spirit has conceived the child in the womb of his fiancée, and that child is no ordinary child. This child has a job to do. His very name, Jesus, means deliverer, and he will save his people from their sins. The angel told him that the birth is to fulfill a prophecy. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Biblical prophecy usually has a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment. The prophecy made in Isaiah chapter 7 had a near fulfillment. The word translated virgin in Matthew's gospel comes from the Greek word parthenos, which occurs in the Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. However, in the original Hebrew, the word is alma, which means young maiden. Original prophecy went something like this. A young woman will bear a son, and before that boy reaches manhood, I, the Lord, will redeem you from your enemies. In the near term, God did exactly that. But this prophecy wasn't done. In fact, Matthew amplifies the prophecy by saying the young woman was a virgin. There's no biblical reason to call Mary a virgin if she wasn't one. The original prophecy doesn't demand it. But Matthew and Luke both connect the far fulfillment of Isaiah 7 to the birth of Jesus. 
Jesus is God's plan of salvation. He will save his people from their sins because he is God with us. The plan of God often includes things that we would not have asked for. I cannot imagine a young woman betrothed asking to get pregnant before her wedding day. I can't imagine that she would have asked for the name-calling and the ridicule that have taken place in her social circles. I can't imagine that she would have wanted to be at the mercy of her fiancé, not to have her punished and shamed. But she willingly accepted the will of God for her life, even though it would be painful. Likewise, Joseph knew the kind of gossip that would fly around their family for the rest of their lives. He knew that they would endure shame and derision from friends and neighbors. He knew that he could never prove that an angel visited him, and yet he chose to stay. He chose to be a part of God's plan, even though it would cost him. What are you willing to suffer to be a part of what God is doing? Are you willing to have people not like you? Are you willing to love people who have nothing to give? Are you willing to let your reputation suffer? Are you willing to be made fun of? Mary and Joseph say it's worth it. Thanks for listening. This is Disqualified.